Hi, um, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shaky's Cricketing and Sports Journeys. So the crossover sports is, uh, is continuing and it's getting more and more exciting. Today I'm joined by um, famous, famous woman football player, captain of the famous Glasgow Celtic. Welcome to the show, Kelly Clark. Thanks very much. Delighted to be on today. Lovely to have you. Um, you've rushed home from work, I believe, to, to get here. Tell us a bit about what you're doing uh, when you're not when you're not kicking a footballer in. Um, so day job is I'm an auditor for Deloitte, which is one of the big four professional services firms. Um, I went to university and did accounts and finance. Upon finishing, had a graduate job, and I think now two years ago I passed my final exam. Um, so exam qualified chartered accountant, but yet to submit a logbook. So once that logbook's submitted, I'll. I'll have the CA after my name. Uh, just get need to get over that final hurdle. That's fantastic. Good for you. Listen, you just so you just it's not just a football that you're good at kicking. You can you've got a brain in there as well. That's really inspiring. So for for any people out there, you don't just need to play sport. You can do it all if you want. You know, there's, there's the sky's the limit. So what we do is Kelly, I'm going to take you right back. I'm going to take you back to the start of your uh, of your journey in life. Pretty much, you were born uh, 10th of June 1994. Where did you grow up, Kelly? So I grew up in Arbroath. Uh, all my family uh, are from Arbroath. They all stay in Arbroath. Uh, I was actually born at Nine Wells because I was six weeks early. And probably the first time I hit the newspaper was that my dad, who was a keen, keen cricketer, um, he was meant to be meeting up with, I think, Scotland 2s or the Scotland B team. But yeah, my mum went, went into labour. Oh, dear. Um, and he had to call out. <laughs> Yep. So I think I made our both herald at approximately two days old because my dad had to pull out of his cricket team, uh, Scott Cricket Scotland trip, uh, to to assist my mum after my birth. There you go then. So you were already tipped for big things. You were born into sport. I mean, cricket already in the newspapers. You've been in the newspaper plenty of times since. But that's that's a that's a cool cool story. Um, so tell me about your childhood. Tell me, you know, you grew up obviously in our both. You got any brothers and sisters, and what, what's the family background? So I've got one brother, uh, Sam, born four years after me. So there's four years between us. Um, lived with my mum and dad. Obviously, my dad was a, a big sportsman. He played cricket. He played football for a local pub. Um, we spent a lot of our time at the cricket club in Arbroath on a, on a Saturday whilst he played, um, which is probably where I originally got into sport. Um, okay. Playing, well, watching my dad on Saturday I say watching, but I was probably in the nets or somewhere with a football on a Saturday and then on a Sunday watching him play for FC Porty, which was a a local pub team. Uh, he represented one of the two teams that um, were from the Portcullis pub in Arbroath. Mm-hmm. So, great childhood. All my memories are outside. None of this inside stuff with Xboxes and PlayStation. None of computer game nonsense. Definitely Absolutely not. Yeah, because that does my... That does my head in with the new generation. You sound like you're from my, more from, I mean, I think you're a bit, young, you're a bit younger than me by quite a, few, <laughs> quite a few years, but even still, it's good to hear that, you know, you, you, you grew up the right way. You know, get outside, get fresh air, get running about, healthy, healthy, healthy lifestyle. Really cool to hear about your dad. You know, obviously my background is I play professional cricket for Scotland, so I can, you know, I'll need to have a, I'll need to have a chat with your dad one day. It'd be, good to, it'd be good to meet him off the back of this. And have a, I'll get him on the show maybe even and hear about his cricket journey. Um, so, if 
family, you know, all sound like they're really into sport. When did you start? Was it from a young age that you were looking like you could kick a ball pretty well? Uh, yeah, so I think just from attending the, the games on a Sunday, it was obvious that I could I could kick a ball and I wanted to take it further. So I think it was when I was six or maybe seven, I, my mum or dad, I don't know who it was, they took me along to a training session. And at the time, there was a girls team in Arbroath called Arbroath Inchcape Strollers. And right. really unusually for girls my age, because of that, I never ever played for a boys team. So right. if you talk to girls my age, then you're going back to a, a sort of an era where there wasn't really girls football teams. It wasn't, it wasn't the most common thing. You know, I remember being in primary school and being told all the time that um, football's for boys and netball's for girls. And for, I think, my first five and a bit years in primary school, I was told that I wasn't allowed to play football. So I wasn't to, to represent the, the team, the school team. And it wasn't until a couple of the guys um, that I was friends with, their fathers took on the school football team and said, mm -hmm. well, we're happy to take on the, the, the team, but we're only taking it on if you let Kelly play. Uh, so this was after years of the head teacher continuously telling me, nah, girls play netball, girls play netball. And I did play netball, you know, I did. I just loved sports, so I did represent yep. the school in netball. Um, but I always wanted to play football and I was always told, told no. So, so yeah, I think it was when I was six or seven, I went along to, to training with our both Inchcape Strollers and it was an under-11s team, I think. So uh, the kit drummed me and the girls were all probably a bit bigger than me. And I just got papped up front to be that small striker that chases everything. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say I started quite young um, and, and it went on from there. But very unusually, I never ever had to play for a boys team. Yeah, I mean, I had a girl cricketer on just last week and she went through similar discriminated against for being a girl, even though she was yeah. better than half the boys. I mean, I'd imagine if you were in your primary school, you know, you must have probably, you probably could have skinned half the lads, no problem. Especially if the, the you know, the coaches were, and it's, it's good to hear that the coaches stood by you um, and said, listen, we need, she, she, you know, Kelly needs to play because it's disappointing to hear. It seems that it's changed now. It's obviously things yeah. have changed, which is great to see. But yeah, me growing up, when I look back now, it was unheard of that a girl kicked the football, if I'm being honest. I mean, I, I, I played primary school football, early boys club football, and i never seen any girls playing football. So it's great to see that it's changed and people like yourself are probably going to pave the way for the, for the next generation. So when was it before, um, before you started uh, you know, playing in some sort of representative stuff or getting the opportunity to play a decent standard? I think I was 14 and I first got called up to the Scotland team, um, Scotland under 15s. We played a, a double header against Wales at McDermott Park in, in Perth. And that was probably the first real time for me that I was like, I can, I can maybe actually do something with this. You know, I'd been involved in what was called back then development squads, which was a sort of a, a pre-select squad. And it led you into regional squads, which was like, the below Scotland stage where you were coached by SFA coaches once a week and you know maybe given a bit additional a bit of additional support with regards to nutrition and fitness and you know, all that kind of thing. So you could kind of see that I was quite path, but I think when I first got that call up for the squad, it was a it was a bit of a a nudge to me that you know if I wanted to, then that was the start and I could I could build on it and the sky was the limit. Um, and it, and it turned out that that was the case. You know, it's been great ever since. 
Uh, I think when I was at Arbroath, though, there was, because you're, you're going back to when I was, I'm going to guess 12, I, the, the team that we had was really good. And, you know, we were a small local setup with girls from Montrose, from Carnoustie, and we actually got to the Scottish Cup final one year. And you know, in the Scottish Cup, there's likes of Celtic, there's Hibs, there's all these big teams that you expect to be to be really good. And we played Hibs in the final, and we did get beat quite heavily. But I think, you know, to be from an area that wasn't the central belt, because all the, you know, all the big players and most of the Scotland squad was filled with people from the central belt. Central belt. Yeah. So I think to get to that final with girls, pure like solely from the the Angus area. Was a was a bit of a an eye opener for us because it showed that that team, you know, you're, you're talking seven aside, so we obviously had two, three, four, five, six, seven really good players that could compete yeah. at that kind of level, and actually from there, um, I I think at least three of us went on to represent Scotland at some level. So, it, I think from from that getting to that cup final, it was kind of clear that there was talent in the squad. And yeah. then from there, there was there was a select few that that did go on and, and make and play for Scotland. You know, I represented Scotland at 13s. That was my uh, sorry at 15s, my first call up at 17s and at 19s. Um, and then I have been in an A squad, however, didn't go on the park. But one of the other girls from that that um, that squad, Abby Grant, she represented Scotland at 15s, 17s, 19s. Has now played for the A squad and plays down south for Birmingham after spending maybe six months over in Belgium. So I think it just showed that, you know, that run and getting to the final already had highlighted that there was potential for, for the players in that team. No, oh, that's, that's, that's impressive, impressive stuff. I tell you what, Arbroath, he's a quite, I mean, just not so long ago, Arbroath won the, won the Scottish Cup cricket. I mean, you, what do you think it is with people from Arbroath? Do you think it's, you know, what I find when I play against the boys, you know, it was a, it was a mutual friend that put us in touch, Darren Spink. Um, we have played mm-hmm. a lot of cricket against. You know they're always really competitive. They play the game hard. They get right stuck into you. Is that is that instilled in you from a young age? I would say yes because the foot the Arbor football team is probably is probably quite similar. They're doing well just now up in up in the championship, which is the the highest I've ever I've ever seen them. But I followed them when I was younger, and they were always competitive, even though they were in in lower leagues. Um, and I and I obviously followed the cricket, and I can't ever really remember there being a time where they've been terrible you know it's one of these ones where I think when the going gets tough the people in our both really get going and roll up the sleeves and they might get beat but they'll not get beat without a fight you know um, and maybe oh, yeah. it is maybe it is just the way of the town um, I, I've never really thought about it that, about it like that before but you're, you are probably right because like I say I, I, I can always I've got so many memories of them being beat but none of them are pushovers you know it's it's always a, a roll up the sleeves and well you might beat us, but we're going to make it really hard. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe that is something to do with it. It's probably got something to do with being a small town as well. You always know that you've got to prove yourself, so you're ready for the challenge. I.e., when you were saying you're coming up against the, the Celtics, the, the Hearts, and the Hibs, you knew you're up against it. So you you know you, you mentally prepare yourself for the challenge. And uh, so that, that's that's really really interesting to hear. So your first team that you properly played for was Arbroath. What age we what what age we what what age we when you left Arbroath? Could you move on to play for Forfar eventually? Yeah, so 
I'm saying that it was a great opportunity, that there was a team in our both for me when I first wanted to play football, but the unfortunate thing was it didn't have a player pathway right up to our first team. Right, okay. So I got to the age of 15 um, and there wasn't, a, there wasn't a team above me okay. um, that I could move up to. And I had to move on. Um, Forfar was naturally the, the closest team. They were they rep, uh, they were represented in the top division of women's football at the time, Scottish Women's Premier League, mm-hmm. and they have an absolutely great player pathway up at Forfar. Um, you you really can't fault them for for another small town, Forfar start, and they still do start at many kickers, and it goes right up to. They used to have three ladies teams in three different at three different levels, so there was a Premier League, whatever league below that, and then an even lesser league, um, and it was obviously like. We take this seriously. We kind we're good, but we don't want to take it too seriously, mm-hmm. and we're all right, and we're just here for a laugh, you know. So they, Forfar had such a great pathway, um, and it was twenty minutes up the road. I could get on the bus after school and, and be at training. So I went from our both to Forfar at fifteen, and um, Forfar were great to me. Um, when I I think I, I don't even think I'd been there for, for maybe three months, and one of their starters in their first team got injured whilst representing Scotland. Mm-hmm. She actually put in like a, I think it was against Holland in the European um, Championship, in the Euro finals for her age group. She put in a block and did her ACL, which is an injury uh, that females suffer from um, or are more likely to do. And they called me up at the age of 15. They called me into the first team because I'd been doing well for their under-17s. Um, we'd had meetings before when I signed, I'm pretty sure, and they, they had always said that play for the 17s, but I used to train with the first team and we'll try and get you up and sort of drip feed you in, get used to it, because the aim was I will eventually play for them. But it kind of all happened really fast. Um, and I was I was only 15 when I made my debut in the Women's Premier League. What up was, that, here. was that like? Were you, were you, who was it against? Were you nervous? Uh, well, Did you have much time to think about it, really? Or were you just chucked in the deep end, it sounds like? I, I I really can't remember the week before it, but I think I was warned and it was against Dundee United, which at the time was a local derby and it was such a it was such a feisty match. It was such a hard match. I remember thinking, Oh my goodness, the tackles are gonna be flying in. They make them tough in Dundee, they don't make them soft oh. down. No, exactly. So, you know, it, it was it was the derby. It was they were the two local teams in the top division and I, I remember being so nervous, you know, and there was names flying about the changing room or she's so dirty and she's this and she's that. And I was just terrified. I was I was so young. Um, and you're, a center back half, at, you're a centre-half at this point. I sorry, I didn't mention that. You started your career as a centre-half. So you're playing, um, a pretty, you're playing in a position where you need to, you need to front up and be, 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 be strong. I think I was. I think I was put at fullback. I think that's where I was. I did start okay. at centre-half, but I'm pretty sure they pushed me out to fullback this game. Um and honestly, I just, I actually played well from what I remember. And I stayed at the first team after that. So I must have done okay. Um, yeah. After that first game, I basically, so the Premier League played on and still play on a Sunday. Um, but the under-17s up in the North region play on a Saturday. So yeah. for a while, I was actually playing Saturday, Sunday. Saturday with the 17s and Sunday with the first team. It used to... for you to do that. Um, because obviously, if you you're an important factor in the first team, or they, or did that slowly, that probably did that slowly start to to stop because they don't want you getting injured. I'd imagine on a Saturday. Yeah, so it did. Um, and towards the end of the season, 
I, I think I was a bit upset about it at the time because the 17s was all my friends. Yeah. Um, but obviously, looking back, it was ridiculous that I was upset. I could still see my friends when I arrived at training and mm-hmm. um, and play for the first team. So it maybe it was a bit silly. Um, I think the only time that I got to play for the 17s and was rested on the Sunday was I, we got to a cup final. And we did go on and win it against Aberdeen, up in Aberdeen. Um, but yeah, I think once I'd played a, a few games and it was Saturday, Sunday, they, they stopped me playing on the Saturday. Um, but, and it did upset me other than that, that cup final, which was a great day. Um, but, I mean, looking back, so I'm, I'd still class myself as quite young and I've been playing in the league for 11 years, so it's a bit mental. Um, but it, it's all down to fourth, you know, and giving me that opportunity and, and trusting me from, from such a young age. I was maybe technically good enough to be playing, but I definitely wasn't physically there. Um, and them throwing me in and giving me that chance so young probably helped me develop physically at such a young age and, and made me ready for the Premier League, you know. So it was it was great from them, but yeah, it was it was nerve wracking and I've got great memories of, of playing with Forfar, um beating Celtic being one of them. That probably got you I'd imagine you probably got you probably got noticed that day then when you beat Celtic because you know it's time to go on to the next the next chapter. Um two thousand and two thousand and thirteen you put pen to paper. And you signed for the for the famous Glasgow Celtic. Um, you know, like, what's your? I don't know. Is your family? Is your family got keen interest in football? Are they? Are, they, are you Celtic? Are you Celtic people from your background? You, so the family support. Tell me all about that. It must be such a proud moment. Well, it actually they'd, they'd come calling a few years earlier, um, and I was dying to sign. Obviously, when a, a name like Celtic comes for you, you you think I'm doing that. Yeah. But I was very quickly brought back down to earth by my parents who always instilled in me that education was important and I was still at school and training was at Lennox Town, which is probably a two-hour drive from yeah. Arbor. Um And it was two nights a week and it was eight to ten and it was just it would have just been ridiculous, to yeah. be honest. Um, so no matter how much I, I tried when I, when I first got asked, I was told that it absolutely wasn't possible. You know, my mum and dad both worked full time. Um, and by this point, they'd, they'd separated. So, you know, it was, it was, it just wasn't possible at all. Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of had to say, thanks, but I can't right now. Um, and then a few years later, I moved to Stirling University to do accounts and finance. Yeah. I was actually part of the National Performance Centre which is an SFA set-up performance centre for all their, I'm going to say future stars, but it's for people who, you know, want to go through education are also got a potential in football and the SFA want to invest a bit more in. Mm-hmm. So I, I went there, I went to Southern University, University to attend the National Performance Centre and at that point it obviously became hard to travel to Forfa. So... From saying no to Celtic a few years prior and it being hard to travel to Glasgow, it sort of yeah. rose reversed and Celtic came calling again and it felt like the right thing to do at that time. So, did you have a I driver's remember, license yet? Did you have a driver's license yet by that point? I, I did. I got so I got my driving license in January 2012 um, when I was just halfway through six years of school. And uh, so you knew that, that probably from not being it because. You, you, you would have had to depend on your mum and dad to, 
to, to drive you if, if you had to been able to go earlier. So you planned ahead then and thought, right, you need, get, you need to get a licence. You need to get a licence and somehow end up living somewhere closer to Glasgow. And I got both. Um, yeah. Yeah, I got my, got my licence in 2012 and my, my good dad got me a car. So I had a car to come down to uni with as well. Um, and yeah, Celtic, that, so that was that. I met with them a couple of times and uh, I had some close friends that played for Celtic at the time as well. So obviously that, that helped and made the, the transition easy. But in terms of family, my dad has always been and will always be a big Arbroath fan. So when I was younger, I was a season ticket holder at Gayfield and, and all, all the different weathers that you experience at Gayfield, I would go wrapped up with a hat on, a big jacket on, and I'd stand beside my dad and watch our both play. So I, in terms of close family, my my mum, Man United fan, my dad, oh, our both yeah. fan. So, so for my dad... Is your mum from down? Is your mum from down that way or...? No, no, my mum's from our both as well. She just likes Man United. I, I don't even know why. I support, I, mean, I support Man United as well and I'm from Glasgow, so I suppose you can, like, you can do it if you want to. Oh, um, that's, that's the thing. Glad, glad regions always seem to be... Um, or Scottish people tend to be Liverpool or, or Manchester United, I find. Um, so, what age were you when you did put the penny people? Were you 19? Were you 18, 19, were you 19 at that point? When you said uh, it was January 13, so I was 18, 18 and a half. Right. I'd been down at uni for um, six months or so. Right, okay. Uh, because, because we play, we play uh, summer football, so our mm-hmm. season runs from. For, who knows where it's going to run from just now, but our season is meant to run from March to sort of the end of October. Right. So then our off-season transfer time is from, I think it's the end the, the end of November through to the start of the next season is when we can change club. Um, right. So that's why well, it was... That's obviously, that's obviously all up in limbo right now. All of that's out the, out the window just now with current times we're living through. Nobody knows uh, what's happening. You've just been sent a memo from Celtic just saying, we'll update you as we, you, get the odd, you get the odd update just saying, right, we'll let you know when, when Nicola Sturgeon announces something else and we'll find mm-hmm. out if we're, getting, if we're getting closer to playing. You must be you're starting to get a bit cabin fever now. Um, oh, yes and no. We've, I've obviously not stopped really because um, our season had just started. It's just been, you know, trying to keep yourself fit. So six times a week, really, I'm doing some form of exercise. Um, I think running, but I'm actually quite unfortunate in that there's all the pitches around about me are astroturf. Um, So I'm I'm currently running. I don't know if you know the area, but I'm currently running in Croy Car Park, Croy Train Station Car Park, which usually usually holds about. 600 cars every day um, from people commuting into Glasgow and okay. right now it's empty every day so it's the flattest bit of area that I can find that is suitable for running on So if anyone um, watching and wants, a, wants an autograph uh, just pop down <laughs> to Kelly <laughs> Clark doing a, oh. doing a sprint down there That's, uh, so, and, so is, that, is that like a concrete you're running on? Is that, yeah. is that, so is that, is that, I mean how are you finding that? Is that okay on the, on the old knees? It's not too see because we play on AstroTurf, I'm maybe used to harder surfaces than grass. Um it's not great and I think to start with it was more my back and the lower back that felt it. Yeah. But 
it's just one of these ones taking it easy when I feel sore and you know upping it a bit when I, I feel less sore. Uh, there are some running like uh, routes that I can go on that aren't so bad so I try and mix it up a bit and not do the same stuff over and over or run in the same place over and over but anytime it's a it's a shuttle or, or anything similar then it's over at the car park and and what about, what about like strengthening and stuff? Obviously, you've got no access to a gym right now. So are you just home, home gymming, and what kind of stuff you do with yourself to keep fit? Yeah, so there's been um, a lot of hit sessions and similar metafits that kind of thing. Um, so usually the sessions are a run outside of some sort. Whether it some of them are a bit longer, obviously depends on the the type of session that it's meant to be. Whether it's high speed or more endurance. So there are sessions where it's a bit of running outside and inside and a hit session type thing so it's, it's a good mix it's just not it's not really kicking a football um yeah and also uh, you're used to being around the other girls and having a bit of banter and must be quite hard to get yourself up to go and do it when you're not going to see 20 other girls and you know it's, it's so much i always used to find i always find it's, it's so much easier to keep fit when you can catch up with some people and do it together yeah no, i know i i feel like it Either either you feel fitter or the run feels e- easier. It's one of the two. But when when you're when you're there and everybody's there and you know you kind of just as a group set a pace and I'll stick to it. And mm-hmm. I th- I think that's what's really hard when you're yourself and you know and and you sometimes come in disappointed because it's like well I probably could have done that faster if there was fifteen girls around about me and we were all doing it. But yeah. I felt knackered and I, was, I, I felt knackered and I don't feel well, like you're tired Kelly you want to just yeah. you want to just go up the road now whereas if you've got teammate here and teammate there and they're just that bit ahead of you you're pushing yourself to you know you've got to keep up especially especially now going back to the back to Celtic you, you, you obviously made that they were obviously keen to have you as you mentioned for quite a while so they, they held you in high regard and you, you pretty much went in and Took the arm, took the armband because I mean you've been you've been captain now of Celtic for seven seasons. I mean that's incredible. So you you, you know talking to you, did, did, how quickly did that happen? How how long were you at the club before they said right we want you to do it? Um, it's on. I always get asked this question and it's so bad that I I, I really can't remember. I can't even remember the manager talking to me about it. So I think it was kind of. When I when I went, there was a few older players, um, like said Gemma Fay, ex Scotland captain, um, Rhonda Jones again, ex internationalist, Suzanne Grant, and it was almost like a bit of a transition. Um, a they transition. were coming. They were coming to the end. They were coming to the end of their careers. Yeah, so it was it was one of the ones, and you know maybe I don't know I don't know what it is, um, but we ended up with a quite a, a young squad, and I was probably one of the most experienced when you think about. The fact that I'd been in the league for four years by that point. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I can just talk a decent game. I don't know if the, we spoke about it earlier on, but I don't know if the brains part of the thing can, can talk a good game because, right. no, no offence to footballers, but they're often quite daft. So I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Sure. I'm not saying <laughs> that. Yeah, but I don't, I don't, yeah, well, you clearly aren't with the, soon to get your chartered accountancy. So, you know, they, they, they must have seen that you've got, got something going on up, upstairs. Yeah, I, I think it maybe was something to do with that. Either that or I'm just really bossy and really moany. And it was like, well, nobody else is going to say anything to this group, but she'll moan at them, so we'll give it yeah. to her. Um, so it was maybe one of, one of the two. Um, I probably set a, a decent standard as well in terms of lifestyle and, and all that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was just a sort of natural, older players are moving on. Um, 
we've got a group of younger players here and I was probably one of the, the most experienced and switched on of the younger group. Um, so it's ma obviously a massive honour and as, as the years have gone on and women's football's grown, it's it's grown, the role has grown arms and legs. You know, it started off as just more the responsibility was a chat and a huddle before a game and, and leading by example and all of a sudden it's like Celtic TV and live kit launches and it's, I honestly don't even have words to put, like, to describe how much it's changed. And if you told me back then that, by the way, see, in a few years you'll be a pundit on Celtic TV every game, I'll be like, so I will. But it's happened and it's it's quite insane. Well, good, good for you. Good for you. That, 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 just, um, just for everybody listening right now, the old saying, footballers are all daft, it doesn't have to be the case. If you stick at school and you're <laughs> something your mum and dad, um, you know, you can get educated and then, you know, who knows what you can go on to because once football finishes, I know from when uh, sport finished for me, it's a quite a scary transitional period. So we've got a perfect uh, advert here for everybody out there, um, including men, that, you know, if you do put the, put the hard yard in in school, you can, you can make, make, life a, make life a little bit easier. So, Captain of Celtic, you know, you, did, you, did you demand, did you, I mean, just another thing is you moved from centre-half and you went into centre-mid. So there's a, there's a famous captain, a Celtic, a certain, a certain chap who plays in the middle, midfield of the park called Scott Brown. So is, <laughs> is Kelly Clark, is her, do, you, do you have a similar mindset, form, style to, to Scott Brown? Do you look up to him? I really do look up to him. Uh, he's, he's, he's actually really good. He's great. Anytime we've got sort of events that, like I'm saying, like kit launches and stuff that I have to attend, um, and Scott's always there. He's he's absolutely fantastic, and you know his his performances on the pitch. He's a, he's a total role model for me on and off the pitch. And the way he's been with me since the the women's side has become more integrated with the club has been it's been so great. It's been he's been so helpful. You know all these events I get really nervous for. I'm quite often yeah. the only girl that's going. And you know you've got New Balance last year launching a kit. You're in the arches in Glasgow. You've got yeah. In a, in a room backstage, Scott Brown, Odson Edward, James Forrest, Cal McGregor, uh, I think Ayer was there, and me. Yeah. And come on, you're, you're Kelly. Captain of the ladies' coaching team. Come on, you're you're not just a small-time fish here. I know, but these these guys play in front of sixty thousand people every weekend, and you know it's it's just so nerve-wracking. But you go in, and they, it's it's nothing to them. You know, they just, it's just like you're one of them. They just, they sit and chat and you don't feel separate from them. And it's, it's honestly, it's, it's frightening. It's, you're sitting there, you're like, I I used to watch you on the TV. I used to play with you on FIFA, you know, yeah. and I'm now sitting in a room and it's, it's just, you know, the growth of women's football and how good Celtic have been with it over the past couple of years and how welcoming the guys have been has probably helped it continue to happen as well. You know, we've, We've now done adverts and all that kind of thing, um, but yeah, just going going back to Scott, he's he's such a role model, and I I do try and be like him. I'm maybe not quite as as mental as him, if I can say that. Um, don't like not the opposition fans. Well, no, I don't I don't I don't do that, um, and and I don't wear a t-shirt in sub-zero temperatures. But <laughs> I um, and all the other ways, you know, and and his and his way of leadership and uh, things like that. I, I do. I, I take notes on on how he behaves on and off the park, and how he 
influences a game in, in moments of need, you know, when there's a, a bit of a fluster and maybe the game's lost control or it's not going Celtic's way and he throws in a, a solid tackle and lifts the crowd and lifts lifts the players. It's that, it's that kind of thing that I really look up to and I've tried to take from him. So have you ever have you ever actually reached out to him? You obviously spend some you, you get to be around him occasionally, that you know, when training and media work passes. Do you do you ever say to him, look, got a game coming up or, or ask for any captain qualities or maybe things that, you know, he might be able to point you in the right direction with? No, I haven't so far. We've had we've had a few conversations just at at events, but I, I can't say I've ever reached out to him for things like that. I've asked him for signed tops and I've said happy birthday and got happy birthday back. But other than that, I can't say that I've I've really reached out to him like that. But if I did, I've got absolutely no doubt that he would give me all the help that I, that I needed. No, I have to say, I've heard, um, you know, on the part, he can, he can, he can, he can ruffle, up some, ruffle up some fellas um, and he can be a controversial character. But from all accounts, anyone I've, I've ever, that, that I know has crossed paths with them always says he's a, a lovely bloke um, off the football park, and he, you know he's one of the more genuine people. So you're obviously, you know, you're 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 clear on that as well. That he's been fantastic to be around. So that's great. So you you know, there's your, that's something you've got a clear person to look up to and learn from and follow. Um, do you did, did you manage to get the demand the the, the girls kind of demand the changing room quite early and have the respect to your respect to your team or was it a wee bit challenging early doors? No, I don't. I don't think I've ever found that challenging. Um, like I say, when I first got it, it was probably quite a young team, but since then it's chopped and changed. You know, and there's, well, I would say every single season there's been players that have been older than me, but there's never been a, a lack of respect. You know, and at times, obviously, when it's just a, it's, it's really just a group of pals that are good at football and all, and all play together. Yeah. So at times, if if training maybe gets a a bit jokey and not serious enough for my liking, then you know I just voice my opinion and it does just come right back down to what well, it can be better concentrate because Kelly stopped joining on this and she's actually having a bit of a go, you know. So I don't think I've ever had even when it's been players that have been a fair bit older than me and and at times we have signed players that are more experienced than me as well, but I've never felt I've never felt um, any form of disrespect or anything like that, you know and. When I do when I do say things, I feel like they are taken on board, and and always have been. I I suppose just coming across as confident from the minute go, even though I was quite young, is probably the reason that that's happened. Because if I if I say something and I say it with a bit of force, and I don't think I don't think it will get taken lightly, you know. And obviously, you're the you're the point of contact between squad and and management, so it's not really as though someone would want to wind you up. And, have you go and say anything to the to the manager or or one of the coaches? So I don't think it, it's been good. It's 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 really enjoyable, and you know the the all the younger players are are scared of me, like the youth academy. Listen, players. I'm scared. Of you. I'm scared. Of you. I'm just sitting here, like sitting, sitting thinking, you know, what I get the wrong side. You know, what I get the wrong uh, side. You know, you, you But it sounds like a. It's it's it sounds like it's not a. It's not like you, you you just sound like you you've always known you respect the game. I think it's important that you respect the game and it's good to have fun. But sometimes, I know what you mean, you know, training can become a bit, some nights can, some days having a bit too much of a laugh and they're interfering. Yeah. But, you know, a couple of the other girls are starting to lose focus a little bit. You need somebody like yourself. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. the characters talk about in football, the best of it are, you know, the Roy Keens at Manchester United. Uh -huh. uh, 
Scott Brown at Celtic. These kind of people, they've always got the yeah. demand. I don't like to see their, their team starting to push the boundaries too much. Uh, um, I hate losing, so I don't go to training like four and five times a week to, to muck about and then waste a chance at the weekend. You know, if, what, what's the point? You know, you, you go to, well, you play football to win, but I play football to win. So if, if things happen at training that I think are going to affect us on a Sunday, if people aren't concentrating and we're doing shaping or stuff like that, then then what's the point? You know, it's, it's going to affect the game on Sunday and if we don't win, then we're going to turn around and say, oh, we, we should you're have gone to You're going to be raging if you don't win. I can tell, I can imagine you've, uh, you've, you know, had a few pops in the changing room after a few games, Kelly. Yeah. Anyone, 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 anyone in particular, any game in particular comes to mind that you've walked in and set about a few, set about a few of them? Yeah, there was there was a game at four for a few years back. We're talking years and years ago now. So I was away to four for back at my old pitch. Yeah, and the you don't like to lose. You never like to lose against your old team. No, and the the, the first half was just so unacceptable. Um, and I remember going in at half time and trying to calmly take a drink of my juice, and I think it ended up on the floor and splattered up the wall. And um, David, the manager at the time, actually just stood outside the door and waited for me to stop. And then he then he came in. Um, I think that's one of the only times. And to be honest, I probably used to be, I probably used to put my my feelings across at times in the wrong way. And I think that that's something that I've learned over the last few years. You know, I've I've gone from someone that was probably too vocal on the pitch to now at times my dad will say, "You didn't say very much on Sunday." But I did say a lot. I just have changed how I, how I put it across because it's not always that roaring at someone gets the best out of them. Yeah. So, you know, it's, instead of being that person that's constantly shouting that I maybe was when I was an inexperienced captain and I was quite young, I've probably developed into more of a, my actions all sort this or I'm going to have a quiet word because, you know, one of the things that's, that I find frustrating is as a footballer, or as someone who's good at anything, you know when you've not done well. You, know, mm-hmm. you don't need someone roaring at you for it. Some people do, and that's the best way. You know, you'll get the best out of someone by shouting at them. But most of the time, you've probably had to go at yourself for that mistake, you know, for that bad pass or for, for giving away a free kick that was needless. You've, you've already told yourself, oh, Kelly, I shouldn't have done that. So mm-hmm. another 10 people saying, oh, Kelly, you shouldn't have done that, just does nothing for some people. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. think... Probably I have matured, um, and I still will will speak up, like we've said in training and stuff when it needs it. But I think you know I've it would take an awful lot for me to lose it the way that I did that day up in Forfar, um, because I have changed probably how how I put things across, and I'm more likely to put it across like this and tell mm-hmm. them that I'm so disappointed um, and I can't I can't believe we've just played like that. You know, you're you're wearing the Celtic top, that badge is on your chest and and we just performed that that's not acceptable is as a much more likely tone of voice than the way I spoke that day. Um, but I think it's just through... There are a few bleeps. There are a few bleeps required that day in the changing room. Please, oh, please. A few. <laughs> All I can say is that I'm glad my dad was probably at earshot. Um, <laughs> my language is something that he still has a go at me for. You can hear him if you're in there. I'm one of them can he swear in front. cannot swear oh. in front of my I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get a clutch around the year, um, and I've done it a few times in a sporting field when they've been in the, in the ground. And I'll get doesn't matter if I'm when I was thirty or when I was fifteen. I'll get oh. up. So oh. I, I know I'm the, bad the, I'm not the only one. 
No, you're definitely, definitely not the only one. Look, I think it's a good thing. I don't think we should be, you know, it's not, it's not a good thing to, to swear yeah. and, and swearing at people is it's always going to, it's just passion. And yeah. I, can, I can tell you that I, I, I captain, you know, like Scotland A team and stuff like that. And I, I used to feel that my own passion and the, the drive to win, I could swear or say things to people that, and then as I got older, you start to think, if somebody spoke to me like that, how would I treat, how would I react to it? So this, yeah. you know, it's interesting to hear you say that. It's, it comes with age that you yeah. start to adjust things. So, you know, Celtic-wise, you, you went on, you've now uh, played, so you've captained Celtic for seven seasons, which I find really impressive, but I think it's clear to see why you've captained Celtic for seven seasons. You, you, you look really clear on what you want and what you expect from your players. Um, how many managers have you worked with in that time? Um, so three plus a sort of interim stage where mm -hmm. one left and another one hadn't been appointed yet. Um, so say four. Yeah. Um, four managers started with David Haley, who's actually still at the club and is now an assistant coach with us. Um, when David left, Edward Gallagher took on for a while. Then. Um, Eddie Black and now Fran Alonso, so yeah, four. And how have you, how have you got on with all of them? That's quite, that's quite, um, you know, different. I'd imagine all different characters. Yeah, well, Fran, the current one's Spanish, so he's a very, very different character. Um, but I've, I've got on with them all great. You know, it was obviously when um, Edward and then Eddie came in. I already knew the two of them, so when Fran came in, it was a bit nerve wracking for me. You know, because. Um, the our, our squad have now gone professional and there are some professionals in it um, yeah. but because of my day job uh, I've stayed as uh, I'm going to say an amateur and I train at night with the girls so the girls train day and night um, yeah. but because of my day job how many, how, many, how many have got contracts now? Um, maybe 12 That's pretty good Yeah so it, yeah, it is it's when did that, when, I mean, when does that, when did it started that women started getting, girls started getting contracts? January, there. Just, just this year? Yeah, this so year's the first up, year. Up until January 2020, like, just, you know, there was no, no full-time contracts. Um, well, so, uh, amateur, the league is actually still, um, I, I think they, they probably call it a semi-professional league now. But yeah, both Celtic and Rangers announced last year that they were going to be going professional from January. Um, and again, that was a bit of a nervous time for me. You know, I'm, I'm captain and and I don't think that right now is the right time for me to do that. You know, I'm not going to say never. I'm not going to say never, but I was at a stage in my work career that, and I've worked hard for it and, you know, it just wasn't right for me. Um, so I, I will never say never to it, but just having, like, just given how hard I'd worked to get where I was at work, Mm -hmm. um, I was nervous that, you know, what was going to happen? Was it going to be a full squad of professionals? Or was, like, are they going to give captaincy to somebody that's a professional? Um, but, you know, I think I've been extremely loyal to Celtic and I've been asked by other clubs to sign for them over the years. And I've always stayed loyal to Celtic. Um, I've got, there's a total mutual respect between myself and the, the, um, the people that are higher up that deal with the, the women's side. And... They've been great, you know, so they've obviously kept me on as, or they kept me on as captain. Um, they kept me around. They've been flexible in terms of the girls don't just train during the day. There's also the nighttime sessions, which the amateurs 
attend because um, there's other people like police officers and teachers who are kind of in the same position as me where it's like they'll never say never they'll wait and see maybe give it a year a couple of years to embed the um the system and how it all works the program and then they might give it a go as well so there are, there are a few players that are probably quite key players for for the the team um that have been kept on that aren't on contracts but yeah the, they, they kept me on as captain they told me that they were it wasn't getting taken away they actually they're so supportive of me um but then when fran came in it was a totally totally new face he didn't know any of us other than footage that he'd watched um prior to him coming up and i was a bit nervous about that because I didn't know him, he didn't know me, is he, is he going to keep me captain, will he want a professional that's captain that's at every single training session, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I met with him uh, on, I think, his first day at the at the club, I met with him at Celtic Park and we, we went through a presentation and stuff um, and then it was, you know, just sort of confirmed a few weeks later that he was going to keep me as captain, so that was great. Again, great from the club, but great from Fran. I think it's it's so good of them that someone that's amateur can continue to be the captain and you know a, a role model. Because, like you say, football doesn't go on forever. Yeah. Um, and when I was younger, professional women's football wasn't you know it wasn't that big, No, and it was it wasn't a really big opportunity, you know, and. Even when I, going back to when I was younger, even down south in England, where it is really big now, it wasn't big there either. So the only real options you had were like America, um, and it just didn't really. When I was when I was little, it just didn't really seem like a career, mm-hmm. you know. So to, for for Celtic to be able to keep me on um, and accept that I'd kind of already was on a, a life a life path, um, but not take the opportunity away from me in the future, I think is. It's great from the club and it's great from Deloitte as well. You know, I've got so much respect for how Deloitte have been with me and letting me keep up the football and the the way that they are with me. You know, it gets to the back of five and if I'm still or if I'm still about, it's sort of like, where, why are you still here? You've got training tonight, get yourself away. You know, it's and it's been great on both their parts. I've got so much time and I'm so grateful to them both. No, that's look, it's, that's 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 what you want to hear. Too often you hear organisations no backing the players, and you know your players have had to you've had to stop and go and do something else because you know you just don't have the backing. So that, that's 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 really that's really good to hear. It's something I want to touch with you on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, 2014, you had a great great time of it as well. Yeah, you yeah, you're the player of the year. So I mean, you started. What I find amazing, you started your career like a house on fire itself. You know, you've captained for seven seasons. It's been it's phenomenal. You you just clearly love the club, and the club loved you. You, you thought about leaving the game at one point. Why was, yeah. why was that? Um, it's, it's, um, it was all quite hard, to be honest. So I was obviously, like I've already touched on, I went to the National Performance Centre um, at Stirling Uni. Mm-hmm. And the schedule was really heavy on top of club training. And mm-hmm. when I first started uni, I actually thought, I, I really like this. You know, I liked I liked the course. Um, I've always loved maths, strangely enough, um, and I, I enjoyed university. And it got to a spell where it was just kind of like I felt football was making me underachieve at university. Like it was almost getting in the way of university a bit. 
and I just mm-hmm. totally fell out of love with it because of it. You know, it, it was like, it was a chore and I was tired from uni, but I was still having to get up at train and train at 7am and then go to class and then train at 8pm till 10pm at night. Because back, this, we're, we're still, you know, we're only talking about a few years ago now, but back then the women's game was, it was next to nothing. And, you know, we were just punted to the back of the line for, for training facilities and stuff. And so we got it 8 to 10 at night, you know, so I was getting in from training late. And then I was up at the crack of dawn for a training session. And then I was at uni all day and my results weren't great. I did eventually graduate pretty well but you know this was you know back to first year of uni and it just I'm, I don't know I just really fell out of love with it totally because of all of that it was just it was almost like a burden on what I wanted to succeed in at that point in time um, so I was pretty close to just chucking it and you know it was at the, at the time Celtic were going through a bit of a transition as well um, where they realised that they weren't treating their women's side right and thankfully, they totally overturned that as well. And it's since then that things have just got better and better and better. And I really can't fault them since that time. But yeah, it was it was David at the time. It was David Haley at the time that, you know, he, he just the way he was with me, you know, he kind of understood my position and through understanding it, you know, they gave me the right amount of sympathy, gave me the right amount of breathing space. And, and eventually it was one of these ones where, it was just like overnight, I just started loving it again. Um, it was just a, a phase that I went through where I think it was mostly to do with the tiredness and the amount of training. I was just probably... Well, listen, some people, some people, Kelly, just on their studies alone are stressed out of their box. I mean, they, you know, you hear, you, you hear about it all the time. Like, people are just, you know, their, their, their exams are suffering or because they just they can't... Or, home life or something is not it's not the, the balance but you're having to physically you know train hard really hard high level stuff here we're talking it's no part football you know professionally it's a professional football you're playing professional football and then have your brain switched on to go home and study it I mean that's a, yeah. that's a big ask um, and then of course if you're not getting treated that well on top of it at the time as a, as a, as a girls team um, sounds like it was just one of those one of those periods of time but you managed to you know, was David a big factor then? And you kind of staying in the game? Yeah, probably between David and my dad. You know, my dad's number one fan um, and would never have wanted me to give it up. You know, so again, so understanding of the situation, but he, he, he always encouraged me to just keep going, just keep going. Um, but yeah, it was just the way that David was. You know, he kind of put his arm around me um, and let me sort of float through a period of time. And... Mm-hmm on the back of it, you know, as soon as things start sounding exciting, you get your motivation back. Yeah. So as soon as, as soon as you hear plans, plans of what it's going to be like, you think, right, okay, I'll get through this phase, I'll put up for a while longer, and then it'll get better. And it's been so worth it, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm open about it. I always, you know, I, I never hide the fact whenever anybody ever asks me, have you ever thought about giving up? I would never say no and lie. But mm-hmm. it's it's been so worth it, you know, I'm so glad. I've I've stayed on and and I fought through it and it's it's ended up like this you know the the opportunities that the club have given us um, like I mentioned earlier on things like Celtic TV and stuff like that you know it's just like dreams are made of type things you know um, and it's it's great for my work as well talking at live events like or talking live on TV and things like that then you it's skills that transfer over to to the workplace so not only is it a great opportunity and 
a great way to, to grow the women's game. It's it's also good professionally for me as well. Um, but but yeah, I'm I'm so glad, you know, and you get all the rewarding part of it. Obviously as we as we do become more visible on social media and stuff, the the role model aspect of it comes into into play. Um and it's a bit surreal when I attend out of the blue uh, a training session where maybe six of our youth squads are training and it's as if Scott Brown's just walked through the gate, not Kelly Clark. You know? So it's, 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 that, it's that kind of moment that you kind of look back and think, I, I, I can't, at this, at this moment in time, I can't even remember that point where I wanted to give up because this is unbelievable. You know, yeah. I've just walked into a training session and they've all like kicked the ball at the park because I've walked through the gate and they're all yeah, telling their pals, Here's that Kelly Clark. Was Kelly Clark just turned up to training? You know, it, it's it, it's surreal. Yeah, it's, that that I think that's the best part of it all for me. The best part about being captain is is absolutely when you you turn up to a, a training session or a, anything to do with the the kids stuff, the youth stuff, and their their faces all drop and they all want pictures, but they're too shy to come and ask. So it takes a parent, Kelly, could they get a picture? And you, yeah, yeah, of course you can. You know, and then you get you get a bit of a chat with them and. It, it's so it, it's like, so like smiles just looking oh. at you like they, they, want you know, they want to be where they obviously want to be that's what they and and without no, but that's that, that that's you're right that, that's what i can imagine you that must just make it so so worthwhile for you you know and then if some of these kids go on to do something with their lives you know and, and you've been a role model that that's that that's that's fantastic that's you know, that's that's what you that's I mean do, do you get on well with kids? Do you like do you like do you see yourself coaching the game at some point, maybe when you when your playing days come to an end? I, I could. Um I've actually I went over to the States with Celtic a couple of years back and coached in Texas and in Oklahoma okay. um, just through the soccer academy. So there's there's a partner club over there. Um well there's one in Texas who massive fans of the women's side. They've got a big woman set up and they actually requested that myself and one of the other um, female or one of the other women's players went went over. So mm -hmm. I got the opportunity just the way that it landed. I got the opportunity. So I, I have done it and I do absolutely love kids. Yeah. But I do also find it very, very difficult to teach someone how to kick a ball when all they want to do is run and scream and jump and shout and eat and not play football. Um, yeah. So it's one of these ones where... As much as I do, you know, one I, win. I want you to get that ball, get it passed down that wing, get the them running up the right, get it tucked down the middle, get that ball in the back of the net. Enough of your nonsense. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I do. I think that's what I was going to say. Is I find it easier coaching once they get to like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, so even though they're more difficult, probably, like in terms of they'll give you a mood. They yeah. they're at least you know, working towards winning a game of football. Whereas when you go down to the kids that won't give you a mood, but just want to run and jump and shout and play, it's all yeah. about teaching the kick a ball. So, so yeah, I, I, I do. I've not done that much coaching. Um, to be honest, I would much rather just still go along and be a fan, I think, than, than coach. Yeah. Uh, just, you go and watch, you, so do you, you go and watch the, you've been doing some, you've also doing some pundit work now um, as well, but uh, do you go and watch the, the Celtic, the Celtic men often. Do you go to Parkhead often and watch the games? Yeah, so we've we've got a um, an executive box. It's for the women's side. Um, right. So pretty much go to every game. You start getting a bit better, and you start getting treated a bit better. 
that's exactly what that was. So that's one of that that was one of the pros. That was one of the things that we got was I can't remember how long ago now, but we're talking a few years back because I've seen um, PSG come and Barcelona, I think as well come. So it's Man City. So that's Champions League days a few years yeah. ago. Um, so yeah, we've had it for a while, and I do attend most games, if not all. I've got to have a pretty good reason to not go, to be honest. Um, something like I'm in our both for the weekend, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or sometimes, obviously, the games are on Thursday night, and that's my train. That's one of my training nights. So if, if I've got a reason, then I. Do you take your dad? Do you take your dad up to that? Is he, does he tend to go to games with you? Said he's your. Does he get sorted out? Um, he's been to a few games, but he would rather go and watch our both play. I yeah, actually no, got him, no, I got no, him tickets no. for I think I can't remember who it was I got him tickets for. Um it was one of the the European games I got him a ticket and uh, I could see him. So I was in the box but I could see him because better been like better for him being outside than experiencing it when he doesn't get to experience it very often, you know. So yep. I got my ticket outside and I could watch him and uh, I remember them doing the huddle, the crowd doing the huddle. My dad's this big Arbroath fan, absolutely disgusted. But up he gets and round he gets and he does that though. So that was that was a very amusing moment for me. But he he just um he's just not keen on the fact that you've got to sit beside someone and there's someone right here because obviously at Gayfield it's all standing or three quarters. His arms around a bit more shouting. Uh, and he can run down the stairs and shout at the referee. So he he just wasn't he wasn't too keen. He says on on the fact that there's someone everywhere. Um, but yeah, so I, if, if, he, if he ever wants to go back, then I'll get him tickets. But I'm pretty sure he'd much rather be at Gayfield in the in the wind, um, being able yeah. to run down the stairs and sh- or down the steps and shoot at the ref. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 quality. So I mean, just to touch on a few achievements um, before mm-hmm. we go on, I want to just finish off and shoot some quick fire questions at you. So yep. captain in Celtic for seven seasons, phenomenal achievement. 173 appearances. Um, that's. I mean, what's the what's the record appearances for Celtic? It's uh, there's one of the girls um, that plays just now. I think um, one of my close friends, Chloe Craig. So she's not much more than me. Um, maybe yeah. ten games or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but she went to America for a couple of seasons. Um, okay. And came back. So hers has been over you over two spells, but obviously the spell wasn't it wasn't really signing for another team in Scotland. She just got the opportunity to go and play college football and took it. Um yeah. So, yeah, so I think I'm not sure. We both got awarded for our one hundred and fiftieth appearances at the same time last year. But yeah, I think I think she she's maybe around I don't know if it's maybe between like five and ten games more than me, but the, so it's the it's the two of us that are up there and be interesting to see what the tally is at the, when you hang them, when you both hang them up. There'll be a, be a bit of banter going on between you there, I suppose. I know, we're, actually, we're actually a centre back pairing. So Alright, okay. So it's all love then. It's all love. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it absolutely is. I would I would like to see us, you know, stay at that same gap because it means the two of us have played beside each other every game. Yeah, no, that'd be quality. That'd be quality. Um you've you've made two League Cup finals in your time. Unfortunately, you've come off the the losing end of the result. Um, what, what, you know, who did you lose? To, who did you, who did you play in both finals? Both finals. It was against Hibs. Um, one of them was a heavy defeat and was probably one of my lowest days as a player. Um, and the other one, I can't actually. I don't know the score. Maybe it was three one. Um, but since then, we've 
beat Hibs in the league last year. So we went through a phase a few years where we just mentally um, couldn't do it. We couldn't we couldn't beat them. It's now happened. Uh, the other big team in the league, Glasgow City, the last twice we've played them, we've beat them. Um, before we beat them in at the end of last season, they hadn't been beaten for something like three years in the league. Okay. So on the up, um, would have we beat them on the first, I think it was the first league game of the season this year, before uh, coronavirus put everything to a stop. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'm just getting the date for you. Um, looks like Friday the 21st of February it was. Uh, we played them, probably should have been off. Miserable night, East Kilbride, Cape Park. And um, it was now now half time. Mm-hmm. Just after half time, maybe like 46 minutes, they scored 1 0. Gutted, right. poor, poor goal to lose from a corner and bouncing about. And oh, it was frustrating. A um, few minutes later, one, one of our one of our wingers who's been in unbelievable form, uh, Sarah Ewan's cut in from the right hand, cut in from the left hand side onto our right foot, bang, top corner, unbelievable goal. So that was that. It was probably a fair at that point in time. It was maybe fair. I think we'd hit the post and hit the bar, so we could have argued that we should have been up, but it was fair. Um, and then ninety second minute or ninetieth minute, the third official holds up to added minutes. Ninety second right. minute, we get a corner. Lisa Robertson, one of our players, puts it into the box and it bounces about a bit and failed to meet the back post and I volleyed it into the volleyed it in the net. So ninety second nice. minute winner against nice. them. So it's it's twice twice we've beat them as well. And obviously they've been league champions for thirteen years. So Whoa. again again, hopefully that's the mentally, mentally giving your squad the confidence that you're ready to get back to that league league I mean it sounds like you in the both finals you played, you probably you probably got, you, you know, they, they, they seem to be quite dominant, do, dominant yep. defeats. But you seem like you've, uh, you, you've, you've prepared a bit better now, and you're, you, you'd be ready to go. Unfortunately, who knows when you're going? We're not going to, probably maybe not. Who knows what's going to happen? But we're going to get on the, we'll get on the football park at, at some point, hopefully in the near future. So is that yep. the, is that the dream? Is that the dream then? League Cup, pick up that, pick up, pick up that trophy. That's got to be the, that's your big aspiration then. Yeah, just a, a cup above my head. Um, honestly, I, I was so hopeful for this season, and coronavirus has kind of put a pause to it. So fingers crossed, we can pick up where we where we left off. But I think with the, the squad that we've got, anything's possible now. The squad, the mentality, the the management, the backing of the club. Um, I think the sky's the limit. So just can't wait to get back and back on the pitch. Hopefully, but. Unsure when it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, just on that, what have you get? Have you, have you been doing anything as a squad? Has there been some Zoom calls or anything to kind of get some, you know, staying staying positive and keeping each other going? Yeah, um, we Sunday Zoom calls. We we still do a Zoom call at match day time on a Sunday, so two o'clock on a Sunday. We've had Zoom calls, okay. um, so they've been good, been a bit of fun, been a bit of exercise. Um, so it's usually a bit of a laugh for the first half an hour, and then a hit session or a metafic session, that kind of thing. So, okay. yeah, it's been good. We've obviously got the group chats on WhatsApp that ping every now and then as well. So it's not as though there's been no contact, but it's just hard because there's nothing like just obviously being up at Lennox down in the changing room or on the pitch. Um, it's pretty hard to replicate it, I think. And obviously everybody's got different things on now. So 
it's hard to get every a time that suits everyone. But yeah, we've we've kept up the communication. Um, it's just a, it's just all a, a waiting game to get back up to to Lennox Town. But even at that, it might might not even be in in the big group that that we'd want yeah, it to be. In. Some of the football come back down south, and it's obviously been all social distance training and stuff. So I mean, you're not going to be playing games anytime soon. I wouldn't I wouldn't have thought. But I would, you'd probably take that, wouldn't it? Even if you've got to go and see three or four of the girls in a training session, I'm sure you'd enjoy that a bit better than Croy Train Station. Oh, well, there's no comparison there. Absolutely no comparison. To be fair, I'd take... There's going to be a crowd coming out to see <laughs> all, these, all these girls that are, you know, look up to you. You're going to be getting a wee crowd. It'll be like a rocky moment. You running down Croy Park with 50 wee girls running after you. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, hopefully not. So I'm going to finish with some um, some quick fire questions. Yeah. Um, don't want you to overthink it too much. So, mm-hmm. who's your favourite football player of all time? I'm going to say Scott Brown now. Okay. Easy. So yeah. Yeah, okay. Good, good. Good. Good answer. What's your fondest memory in a football park? That 90 second minute goal. Not for that. Does that does nice. <laughs> Who's the biggest joker in the Celtic team and why? I mean, what kind of antics we talk? Oh, I would actually, I would need to pull up a squad list. Um, who's the biggest joker? Chloe Craig's up there. Kiva Keenan's up there. There's probably a few of them. Um, what kind of stuff? And, what, what, do you, what do you get up to? What are the old pranks that are? What, what, what tends to happen? Is it changing room? Is it changing room pranks? Is it? Is it when you're away and on away and on the bus and away? What kind of stuff? Stuff mainly changing room pl- uh, pranks. Chloe Craig's partial with planning a, a fright and having the whole changing room video it from all different angles. So she's up there. Rachel Neal's up there as well. There's a few of them. Um, but yeah, I'd probably say Craig is, tries to be the biggest one. So does Craig the one that you occasionally need to just say, wind your neck in and, and, <laughs> and get... Is that, does that happen occasionally? Uh, Craig actually knocks on the pitch. She's a, a totally different person. Um, right, okay. She's one of these people that she'll be the joker off the pitch but as soon as we yeah. get on the pitch she, she's she's maybe quite like me um doesn't like too much carry on but she'll whisper in my ear and i'll do them on yeah listen I, I, i'm a firm believer then play hard on the pitch and and have fun off the pitch as long as you, yeah. you, you get that balance right i think that's the way to play the game it's a, it's a healthy way to play the game um 100%. who is your uh look the next question kind of answers itself your biggest dream to achieve in football, so I'm going to move on from that. And say, what's your, what's your biggest dreams in life? What do you want out of your? What does Kelly Clark want out of her, her future and her life? Um, to be honest, I don't really know. I think one of the big things for me is making sure that for the next generation, football is right. Um, and I think we're going right down the right path with that. You know, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm towards the end of my career, but obviously with with what I do off the park. Um, and the commitment that's required on the park is going to get to a time where I either need to choose or I need to, you know, everybody else needs to come to some sort of agreement. So I just, I want to make sure that for, for the six-year-old Kelly that wasn't allowed to play football, that never, ever happens. And that for the six-year-old Kelly that didn't know football could be a career for a woman, that never happens. I want girls to go to Celtic Park on a Saturday and think, I want to do that for a living and I want that to be an option for them because it certainly wasn't for me. And obviously before January there, it wasn't for anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so on the right on the right tracks, but it needs it needs to continue. And I think that obviously the continuance was is down a lot down to the players. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think the, the big thing in football anyway, the big thing for me is making sure that for the for the young girls of now, they don't have the same hard time that I went through, and they've got an even bigger opportunity than than I have. Okay. Last question. Mm-hmm. Young girl, six, seven, eight, nine, ten year old wants to play football professionally. Wants to go on to play for one of the big teams, Glasgow. Uh, you know, the Celtic, Glasgow City, Celtic, Hibs. What does Kelly Clark give them as advice? You don't learn how to play football by playing FIFA, because that's the big one for me. I was out, no matter the weather, from the minute I got in from school until probably the minute after my mum told me to be home and then I was in yeah. trouble. But yeah. I wasn't in. I was never in. A few in. minutes after and a few minutes um, after that, well, probably. I, I, I pushed it as far as I could push it. Yeah, but, I know that yeah, feeling. I think playing FIFA is good because it maybe helps them understand certain things. Um, but Formations, formations and stuff like that. Yeah, and how, maybe how things work in transfers and it teaches them players and players that they can look up to, but it doesn't teach you how to kick a ball. It doesn't yeah. get you fit. Um, and I think for me, the, big, the biggest thing is technical ability. And at six, going outside and kicking a ball against a wall will be a hundred times more beneficial than playing seven days straight FIFA. You know, half an hour kicking a ball against a wall is, is definitely time better spent than half an hour playing FIFA. Um, so I, th- I think that's the big thing for me is the technology nowadays is is too far. I mean, I rely on it heavily. I rely on it for work. I rely on it for social media, for for just, you know, daily communications. And I'm, I'm bad for it too. But I certainly grew up in a time where it was I was fortunate enough that it hadn't developed to this. And therefore, all of my all of my childhood, all I ever remember is is jumpers for goalposts and you know cut grass and sweep all the cut grass away. Copy? Did you play that? You know, someday goals, seven and buys. Played all of yeah. those games growing up. Loved those. Copy doubles. You, you, see, you just don't see kids in parks no. and stuff anymore playing football. I don't. I, 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 I can't even remember the last time I seen five, six kids with a couple of jumpers chucked down. I mean, I grew up in the uh, south side of Glasgow, Battlefield mm. area. I used oh, to yeah. play football. I used to play football. So I used to, my house looked onto Langside College pitch. Mm. used to be a pitch Langside College. So I grew up with a football pitch pretty much in, the front, in front of the house. Played football all day, all night, like you, getting shouted in at half nine. I'll be in in five minutes. Um, and then you had the recreation grounds, just, you know, just further up. Honestly, no one actually think about it. Growing up then, you used to get like 10, 15 boys in the area would get together on a Sunday and you'd actually set up a proper game of football. You know, yeah. real game. I, I don't remember the last time I just seen a bouncy game of football happening in a no. park. That's not a, good, that's not a good sign. No, I know. It's, it's so sad. I, I remember being younger and getting raging that in the summer all the goalposts get taken down at the public parks because obviously yeah. football a winter sport and we used to get so annoyed at it and you'd go hunting over town for a, a pitch that still had a goal up then you'd just give up and put your jumpers down and play and there'd be all the arguments about whether it was over or whether it hit the bar that's not even there. Yeah. But yeah, it's so sad just seeing um, how little, little of it goes on, on nowadays. You know, I just used to, my dad actually bought me and my brother a set of goals when for when we were at his house because we used to just go across to Cape de Pond. It's a pond in our broth and surrounded by grass. And the two of us would go out with two cones on one side and the goal on the other side and just play one v one. 
for hours and hours and hours, you know. For hours. I just, I, I mean, always was handy if you had a goalkeeper. If you had a keeper, you yeah. could put in goal. And then you play like two and in or something like that. And you, you know, you keep swapping around. But that's uh, all you need. But you know what, actually, when I, when I think about it, I can't, I don't see any kids. Unless no. it's a 14 club or it's like a, run, a club yeah. that runs, you don't just see kids off their own accord going and having a game. I mean, I play football up until recently, still on a Monday night down at Holyrood. We have a regular oh, yeah. game that, that we play down there. And the pitches are never filled. There's always, a, there's always a spare pitch. And yeah. this is fun to see, because when I was growing up, you, you found it hard to get a pitch anywhere. Yeah, I know. It's, 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 I find it so sad. I really do. Because I just think that back then, even even if it was pouring the rain, everybody would be out. Whereas mm-hmm. now it's glorious sunshine and you're right, nobody's out. It's just totally changed. And it's I, I do. I find it so sad. And it kind of gives me the fear a wee bit for, for the future. Just because I feel like if, if it keeps going the way it's going, then we'll have a population that's absolutely classed at FIFA, but not one of them will be able to kick a ball. So, yeah, let's be honest. We're... Um... The national team, you know, are, 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 are we're not doing, we're not exactly, you know, making making big waves or anything like that. So it's scary to think that, you know, there doesn't seem to be as many playing the game. Is it, what, from Celtic's point of view, do you know of what's going on in grassroots or what kind of, is there anything happening that's encouraging, the, you know, to, to get more kids involved in the game again? Uh, well, I, I only I can only talk on behalf of the girls' side, and obviously just because the girls' game's still growing, um, and with the World, Women's World Cup being a success over in France last year, um, there there has been a big push for um, extra participation, not just at Celtic across the board. Um, I think it has well it had grown before coronavirus, it had grown after the World Cup, like mm-hmm. I said, because the World Cup was such a good success. So. I can speak in terms of women's football, and, and I do think there is still a, a real push to get girls involved at a younger age. And you know, and that when I go back to the the thing about social media and about us being visible, you know, maybe I don't know how long I've been doing Celtic TV, but for but maybe a year ago when I wasn't doing it, a lot of girls, Celtic fans, didn't even know that there was a women's setup that they could, you know, come along and try out for and play for, and then yeah. potentially play in the first team. You know, so I that's hope no that good. That's no good. I, need to, I need to improve, obviously, if you're going to, yeah. going to attract more, more, more women to the game. Exactly. So things like the Celtic TV and all the events and the social media, and you know, we're so much more visible now. So I, I, I think that all, all of that, you know, put together, I'm, I'm pretty sure that over the past 12 months before coronavirus, I think growth in girls football did grow. Um, mm-hmm. But as for, for the women's side, it's just about visibility and, and letting girls know that they're you know, there is teams, especially maybe in more remote areas or, you know, where social media is not such a big thing and maybe some people don't have as, as, as free access to, to phones and whatnot to, to go on social media. So I think I think it's a, it's a massive thing in, in the women's side is just making sure that girls know that it's, um, it's an option for them. But for the guys, I don't know. There's 60,000 people go and watch the Arkham Rangers every weekend, so you'd like to think that they can keep attracting players yeah. and young boys and the ones yeah, that are good. As long as they get out and play and don't go home and play FIFA. Well, that's the thing. That is the thing. But I, I don't know what you do about that. As a parent, I would make sure that it was outside, especially in good weather. Get yourself out in the back garden and go and kick the ball out there. Don't fuck a few goals away outside. Show me you can do it on instead of your fingers. <laughs> I don't mind a game of FIFA here and there, but I would far rather be doing the real thing. It's, it's more enjoyable. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, definitely. I'm the same. I got a, I got a PlayStation at the start of the, the lockdown because I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. So did, so did that. Um, Playing online. And I got, but I got bored of it after about two, two three weeks. I got after about yeah. a month. I was like, that's tough. Uh, mine's just now you, used to watch you Netflix. Had a, you should have had a girl. You should have had a, did you have a tournament between the lot of you? Nah, we actually probably should have done that. But a lot of them still, a lot of them haven't even bought one. Um, right, so I don't okay. know. I don't know what they've been doing, um, but a lot of them haven't even got one, so I don't even know how many of us we could get involved. Um, but it's, it's maybe something that I can suggest for, for one of these you next call Sundays. Call I'm sure he plays a game of people. Oh, I well, I'll get beat though. No, no, I reckon you could take him. I'm, I'm rubbish. You two, you two against each other. Some people get, some, you need, I we need to keep a safe distance from the two of you. <laughs> um, listen, it's been, uh, it's been, honestly, it's been, I, I, you know, I've never spoken to you before before coming on here today. Um, and my good, my good pal Spinky got in touch. Darren Spinky of our both and played a bit of football and still Spinky. Um, good, good, good player as well. And, and he said, well, "Look, I think it would be really cool to get Kelly Clark on. She, she's an mm -hmm. awesome girl, and it, you've been you've been brilliant. I'm probably going to look to get this out kind of pretty soon um, and uh, get make, get a really good response. Um, and thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. No problem.